that's what makes wrestling one of the best sports there is, especially for kids growing up or whatever. It automatically translates, you know, like your hard work is going to pay off really fast. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Pat Cummins, two-time All-American for Penn State, UFC veteran. He's now a spear fisherman. Awesome to have Pat on the podcast, and I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation. Fan of the week goes to our friend Jed Cox, left an Apple podcast review, a big fan of the Schwab episode. Thank you so much for the five-star review, Jed Cox. Greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Pat Cummins. Just a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to this episode. We have a new sponsor today, folks, and it's the Wrestling Consultant. With over 20 years of college coaching experience, the Wrestling Consultant, ran by Teague Moore, NCAA champ for Oklahoma State, recent podcast guest. Teague Moore is here to help you understand the college recruiting process. So if you're looking at D1, D2, D3, NAI, or JUCO, Teague has the knowledge to help narrow the options from coaches, academic fields of interest, or geographic location. With over 450 programs for men and 100 for women, the Wrestling Consultant is here to help you find the right program for your future. If you or your parent wants to speak to the Wrestling Consultant, go to thewrestlingconsultant.com. Now back to this episode. Pat Cummins, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. (laughs) Before we get into wrestling, fighting, all that stuff, what is Tied to Table Bali? Well, so you're getting into a long story right now. Let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, tied to table is um, it's a it, it's a company I launched with a buddy of mine, um, Hubert uh, Hachesky. He's uh, he's actually my friend from Germany, and um, we we became friends. I was just kind of getting into free diving and spear fishing and that that kind of that whole world and wow. uh you know which is which is funny because i think i've exchanged one intense you know activity for that's like kind of been my trend i'm <laughs> just like constantly like what's the next intense thing i can do 
Um, but yeah, we uh, we became buddies. We met in San Diego years ago, and um, you know, just kind of immediately hit it off. And um, he at the time was working on like a super yacht for some mega billionaire guy, and you know, as a chef, and um, so we didn't we didn't really connect as as much as I would have liked. And he was, you know, he's just kind of always jet setting around. And I just was like, this guy's awesome, you know? <laughs> and, um, were you a chef at the years, time or no? I was not. My, my, my younger brother is a, is a classically trained chef. And, um, we just, we've always cooked together. We've always, you know, had that kind of interest, but I've never had formal training like that. Okay. Um, but, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> um, so anyway, we um he hit me up and was like hey i'm I'm coming to la i'm doing a sushi master's course um you know i need i need a place to stay what should you know and i was i was helping him with find a find a, an apartment or you know something like that ended up um he actually stayed at the at the school they had like little little like studios he could stay in um and but he he planned his trip for I think 10 weeks. And so he had, you know, kind of a, a week on, on each end of it. And he, he crashed with me for those times. And I just was like, all right, but I'm picking your brain. I'm making you dive with me all the time. And, you know, it was just like, it was fun. And on the weekends, I'd kind of like spring him out of his little, like, you know, he didn't have a car in LA. So it was like, it was good. He, uh, I just, I was like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to come dive with me, you know? And like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get you out of here, but, like we're gonna have fun. We can go out and have fun. I'll show you LA, but like we're diving a lot. <laughs> and he's like, "All right," because he was kind of in, he was in chef mode at the time, and he kind of like he had, he kind of been through. You know, I think kind of like everybody does with wrestling. You know, like they kind of they kind of are like, "Okay, I've I've done this enough, and I want to kind of, you know, you you get fed up with it and you kind of set it aside." But I feel like everyone always comes back to it. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's kind of you know, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of where he was, and I kind of like I sparked his uh, sparked his love for it, and we started, um, we started doing. I think it was my birthday, and I went on a you know I just went on like a, a rod and reel fishing trip with some of my buddies, and came back with a couple of nice fish like bluefin and maybe some yellowtail, you know, think just like a couple fish, and he he you know I sent him a picture, and he's like, let's have a party let's have a birthday party, you know, let's throw down sushi. He's like, I got all these skills. Let's go. And I was like, all right. So we just kind of like last minute got our, like, as I'm driving up from San Diego, got on the phone and got all my buddies together. And we, we, uh, threw together a, a sushi, a sushi night and, um, everybody loved it. You know, it was just kind of like our friend group or, you know, whoever friends of friends. And then, um, but the, I mean, the problem, I guess the, the issue was, it must have cost, you know, like must have cost us like five hundred bucks, you know. And I'm like, and everybody's like, oh, can you like the people that couldn't come because it was last minute were like, can we can we do that again? Like, sorry, like we missed it. We saw all the photos from it, it looked awesome, and we're like, yeah, we'll do it, but we're gonna you guys are gonna have to pay this time, you know. And that's kind of where that's kind of where it came from. And since then, we've done we've done some big events. We've done, you know, obviously we did it in Bali. Um, we did a really big, um, 30 person omakase kind of eight course menu. Um, 
in the arts district in LA at a friend of mine's, um, you know, kind of business space. And we've just, you know, we just, we book private events now and we're kind of uh, seeing where it goes. Pretty and so you're, does he do the spear fishing or you do the spear fishing and he does the cooking or is it both? Oh, no, we both, we both, yeah, we both do it. He lo- he loves it. It's just, he needed to kind of like, he needed a little kick in the, kick in the How do you, how, when you're going spear fishing, how do you like get out there? Do you swim out there? Do, like, do you take a boat and jump in? Like, how do you get in there? Well, like, so yeah, I mean, we could do, there's a couple ways to do it, but for, for example, last night I was up late last night and cause it's lobster season and lobster season, you usually go at night, which <laughs> creeps people, which creeps everybody out. You know? And, um, but we, we, we went from the shore, we swam out. Um, I don't know, it might be maybe like a quarter mile swim out to, out to a reef. Just kind of, it's like kind of offshore, a little sunken reef. And, at um, night. At night, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then yeah. you guys just you take it back and you make sushi out of it. I mean, how fresh must that be? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's it's funny because when Hubert was away, I kind of I started getting into cooking and doing doing little little private events here. Kind of like started a little catering company, and um, I just became known as the seafood guy because. I mean, maybe it wasn't my cooking that was awesome, but it was just like you can't get fish that fresh, you know. Right. I think I think uh you know the food I think the the fish you buy at the grocery store or even even the fish market is like an average of like ten days old. You know? Really? Yeah, I mean you think about think about the long range boats that are out there, you know, fishing, even if you know, even no matter how it's done, um you know they're they're getting those fish are getting caught and put on put on ice in the on the boat, and I mean they're the and at, you know it's like two week kind of like a week to two weeks is kind of the average trip on one of those one of those long range boats and by the time it it passes hands and gets you know gets to the market gets to you it's it's usually around ten days old. Well, even if it's the worst would be like it's not even a real fish right out in the wild. It's just in like a like a lake somewhere. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's well, probably yeah. a lot of that shit too. I mean, it's yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of farm raised stuff, but honestly, like a lot of farm raised stuff is uh is fresher than, oh, than really? what you can get. But it's you know, it's it depends on the diet of the fish and, and that kind of thing. And usually the you know, it's like something in raised in ca- captivity, it's not gonna be the same. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Man, that's that's cool because I just love uh, hearing about people who have a passion. They go for it like that. And so, I mean, this 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 Bali trip, people go to, you know, go to Pat's Instagram and, and check it out. It's cool. But it seems like it was like a massive undertaking. You know, I mean, all oh, the all it, that went into it. We you know, we did we did the one we did the, the L.A. dinner first. And I remember Hubert saying, like. I never want to do this again. This is like, how did you talk me into doing this? Because we, I mean, it was, I we 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 started. I mean, obviously, we we're planning things that we, you know, we might catch. We we had no idea, and but it was about four four days out because that's kind of like the perfect sushi cure time is like three, two, three, four days is you know a fish sits on ice. It's gonna taste better than if you just like if you cut it up right there, right then and there. It's it's not gonna have that. It needs to cure just a, just a bit. So it can be it's too fresh. 
it could yeah it can be especially if you're you know you're eating it raw so you know we had this we had this little window and it was like i mean it was it was a struggle catching i think we did i think for la we did i think seven different species of of fish or you know shellfish and in bali we we did nine and you know but like in that in that little window it's like okay like catch just something like, yeah and so he and he is like you know he's 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 german so he's got he's like very regimented and just like super concerned about you know the the bottom line getting everything everything we need and he's just like stressed the whole time while, while we're timing and i'm just like ah it'll happen like i I feel good about this, you know, like we worked really hard, you know, it's like, I have like the weird wrestling mentality about it. And he's right. just like, he's just freaking out the whole time. Like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? And then as soon as, as soon as we get a couple, you know, a couple, a couple good, like main fish in the bag, he just like, you could see him kind of like relax and be like, okay, like I feel better about this now. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we can, we can probably make this happen. Right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, going to, going to Bali was crazy. It was like travel, you know, it's like a 24 hour travel. And then we're just, I mean, he, it was, it was nice because he used to, he used to live there. He, he owns a, a spearfishing charter with, with a buddy of his. Bro, this um, guy sounds like just like everyone has a friend in their group where it's like, dude owns a fishing charter in Bali. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I know. Like... And you know, the craziest part is like, I'm, he he's 10 years younger than me like he's just like he, he's like the most worldly guy like he's just been like all over the place and i think he kind of found this place and was like okay this is where i'm going to set up shop i think he lived there for like three years yeah and um just it's beautiful though. you know at the, and at the time like spearfishing was like life for him and i could see why it's very you know diving here bro opposed to diving there it's like so it's a little it's different it's you know clear why it's like the your typical like what you would imagine clear water beautiful you know beautiful fish everywhere like that kind of thing and then you go you know then you come back and you got beautiful beach beautiful people to look at you know it's just I yeah. like just a fun relaxed culture of bali so yeah, yeah my wife and i went there for a honeymoon it was awesome Oh, nice! Yeah, it was great. So you, know, so you get it, yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. it was beautiful. Well, that's yeah. what that's what caught my eye. I'm like, just and I didn't mean to go on a tangent there, but I was just it looks cool, man, and it looked like you guys were filming it, and I'm like, oh, Bali's sweet. So yeah, it's it's right. like you you said you you do a lot of crazy stuff, man. I mean, college wrestler, fighter, now you're spear fisherman. It's like freaking yeah, nuts. Yeah. Right, um, Let's go back to the beginning, though, man. I I didn't realize that you had two other brothers that wrestled. So how'd you end up walking on to Penn State? Uh, you know, I owe a lot of that to my older brother. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in high I did not have a great high school career. I mean, I'm, you know, I was like league champ or section champ, you know, like that kind of thing. And then um, I was district three in Pennsylvania. So it's kind of, that's, that's, a, that's a tough district. And. I think the best I did was like third in districts enough to qualify me for States. And then I went to States and was like, Oh, and two, but that was like, you know, my junior year. And then my senior year, I kind of got banged up and, um, didn't, you know, didn't, didn't make it to the, to the postseason. but my older brother, you know, took fourth at States in Pennsylvania. Like, at, you know, at, I think he was at 189 
It was tough. It was a tough weight class then. And he was, you know, he, he kind of, I mean, he didn't walk on, he got, he got like actively recruited, but, um, you know, the, their coaches, just because like our coaches had, um, had their eye on me just cause you know, he's my brother and they, you know, they, they liked his work ethic and that kind of thing. And then when I, you know, I didn't, I didn't make it to the postseason. They kind of were like, all right, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we don't really want, like, we're not going to actively recruit this guy anymore. And then, um, but you know, I was just like, Hey, I, I want to come to Penn state. Like, what do I need to do? And they're like, well, we got a spot left. Like I'm pretty much filled the last spot. they had. And, that's um, funny. yeah. And I noticed I, you I call mean, it states. That's a, that's what? a, that's a heated debate on Twitter. Cause uh, it's oh, so yeah. funny. In Illinois, it's state, and other. I feel like every other state but Illinois and like Iowa, it's like state. So sorry, quick side tangent. State, yeah, taking state, taking state, <laughs> going to states. It's a very yeah. East Coast thing, but I think California it states too because yeah. Ohio might be the tiebreaker what they go by. But I know Illinois and Iowa it's state. But uh, anyway, Based. continue. Sorry, brother. <laughs> All right. Didn't mean to offend anybody. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I just remember getting to getting to Penn State. And I mean, obviously this was before the Kale Sanderson, you know, regime and that kind of thing. But I mean, Penn state was always top five, top 10 team. Um, back then it was early two thousands, you know, and I, I just remember like walking in and, you know, my, our recruiting class, I think was like maybe the sixth in the nation, you know, as far as like the guys they brought in. And I just remember looking around me and being like, I don't belong here. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, well, what did I get myself into? And then of course, you know, then of course we start like our hardcore preseason training and all, all that stuff. And I just remember being like, I'm in way over my head, you know? And I, <laughs> but I knew, I mean, there's one thing I knew is like, I wasn't going to quit and no matter what, no matter how much I hated it and how much I felt like I didn't fit in and how much it was like a, like such a big challenge for me. Just, you know, I'm, I was a three sport athlete. I didn't, I never just like straight wrestled and you know, that's, that's what I stepped into and I stepped into it at this like crazy level and you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting beat up in the room. I'm getting beat up in the weight room get you know it's just like it was it was way way different than i ever than i ever would have thought and um it it took me i mean obviously i redshirted my freshman year and just you know you you kind of do that your unattached you know tournaments and things like that um and it it kind of you get you get the experience that you know what I mean like you're getting you're getting beat up and then you have a little success at an open tournament or you know something like that and it kind of it's like little battles you're winning little Mm -hmm. battles here and there and then so it kind of was like get the taste of like okay like I do I want to win and I I and I kind of started to figure out just by just by this my surroundings like what I needed to do to do that and I think wrestling is like one of the only sports where if you work if you just bust your ass if you work really really hard you can get really good at at wrestling and that that's just like it's not really true for a lot of other sports you know i think true. Like, it's not true for golf let me tell you oh <laughs> uh, yeah right like how, how, how often have we been out there and just been like look at this yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I, you're I right though use, yeah i always use the example of like 
guys running the hundred meter dash, you know, like in those guys, like everyone, you can, you can work super hard. You can be like the, the hardest working guy and you'll shave maybe a quarter of a second off your time from like, mm-hmm. you know, going to college to when you're going to go try to, you know, be in the Olympics or whatever. And it's like, man, I've, I've seen the worst, like the worst athletes that you could, you know, guys that, guys that wouldn't even, this is actually a true story. Guys that don't know how to hold a baseball bat, you know, like I, I remember like watching one of the guys that we were, that, you know, I went to school with and I'm like, why does his swing look so weird? Why he like, he just looks so uncoordinated, something wrong. His hands were backwards. He was like trying to swing it like this. And I was like, Oh, but I mean, you put him on the wrestling mat and you know, he worked hard and whatever. And like, he's, he looks like, like, I mean, you know, like, like the man. So well, in college wrestling, especially right. Like those first two years you go from, it's such an interesting time, right? You have the walk-ons, you have the the kids. We all grew up knowing how dominant they were, but somehow everyone ends up at these like kind of rinky deek opens. And like within yeah. one to two years of those, like this time right now, November, December opens, you see people win over. You're like, how the hell did he ever beat that guy? But it, yeah. you can yeah. make some early college is crazy. How yeah. much the gains can be made. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think any, in any, any combat sport, any like sport that you, you know, it's, it's a, a one-on-one situation, like confidence means everything. And once you, once you kind of, I mean, you see it in MMA all the time, you know, you see guys that are kind of like chipping away and then all of a sudden they have like, they string a couple good wins together and it's like, they just, they start believing in their, what they can do. And Mm -hmm. it just, it, I mean, you see it in wrestling too. You just, you know, like every, I think every single NCAA tournament, you see that, that, like, uh, that guy that's like ranked in the, you know, like not supposed to be winning matches and just like building, like he's like, oh, I just beat, I just beat the number three guy. And then just like goes on a tear and just like, like, just like ends up, ends up like crushing it. Mark Branch is the epitome of that. He won the nationals as a freshman with a losing record. But then after that, he's in the finals every year. It's like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you not go back to the losing record? You know, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Tell me about the first time you, uh, you met up with Tommy Rollins on a wrestling mat. Oh man, this is actually a good story. Um, it was, it was that freshman year that I redshirted. We actually, we both redshirted that year. And, um, I think it was the, I was at the Ohio state open tournament, whatever, whatever that was. And, um, I remember, I remember coming back from that, from that tournament kind of excited because I took third, you know, it was like the best I'd done. (laughs) And I felt like I was trying, you know, I was trying to like, get a little like approval from my coaches, you know, a little, just a little bit. <laughs> like, man, I come back and, you know, I'm like, yeah, coach, you know, I got to third. It was pretty, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. And he was like, what would you lose to? You know, of course. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, this guy, Tommy, Rollins, Rollins. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. And he looked, he like got super serious, looked at me and he's like, if that's the guy, that's the guy you have to be. If you want to be a national champ, that's the guy you're going to have to be. And I didn't really think much of it, but I, you know, I, I, I remember during that match, like 
he beat me by 14 points and like but i just i refused <laughs> to give you know like yeah. I, but yeah. and it was like it was like a technical dismantling you know what i mean like <laughs> and I, like i've never i'm sure you've experienced this like the first time you shoot in on someone's legs and they hip you and you like sit on your ass you know what I mean? like <laughs> yeah. you just don't, you don't like it's it was just like another level of wrestling that i had no idea existed you know what mm-hmm. i mean i was like oh this because i was used to being the the kind of undersized wrestler and you know i was like oh this guy's kind of my size like all right this is going to be fun you know like all right you know, I, don't have to, I don't have to worry about pushing this big like this big monster around the mat and man, it's like, so I'm, you know, I'm confident I'd shoot in right away. And he just like hips me right to my ass. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? You know, from that point on, I'm just like, what is happening? Like, I'm just getting torn up. Like, it was oh, ridiculous. Dude, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's, I bumped up one time when I was a sophomore to wrestle like this state champ from Iowa, Mitch Kelly. I'll never forget it. All week, I was like pumping myself up. I'm like, I want to go up to 119, coach. Home dual meet, majors me. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> what, I had no business, none, yeah. none, like, and I'm like, couldn't even get like a a tie or anything, you know. So yeah, yeah. So you um, so you you wrestle Rollins. That's your first. That's your first match, first, and obviously, yeah. the journey and of I, this is long. With, with Rollins, I was very long. Yeah, but but the one thing I took from that match is uh, I kind of remembered uh, is he was. I think he was just he was like ready to you know ready to tech me like i think that that 14 point gap was like for most of the you know like most of the third period i was like sitting in trouble like getting like the match was going to be over and i think he was just kind of like okay you know i'm just gonna score another couple points and be done with it but i just refused to give up you know i was like no i'm not you know i'm not getting teched right now like this is embarrassing and i so i just like wouldn't quit and then i mean i think a lot of people would have probably bagged it and just been like, okay, like, let me, let me stop this embarrassment. And like, you know what I mean? Like, let's, I'll just lick my wounds and come back another day. But I just like, and it, I remember it kind of frustrating him that he just like, he couldn't, you know, I think I was like, I got like the a reversal, like in the, in the end. And like, he was just like, what, the, what is this kid doing? Like, just give up already. You know? Right. And like, it's funny. Cause that kind of became like the theme, you know, I mean, we, we must have wrestled each other at least twice a year, you know, since that time, like at least two, three, I mean, later on in, in our career, we, we wrestled each other probably four or five times a year. Um, but each I'd chip away each time, you know, and, and when my coach, when my coach sat me down and kind of told me that like, Hey, if you're, if you're real serious about, you know, being a national champ, that's really your goal. This is the guy you have to beat. Um, I, you know, it just kind of like perked me up. And I think the funniest thing about that whole thing is Tommy Rollins was the number one recruit in the country. The year that I was, you know, the, that, that year that I was, I was recruited and, or not recruited. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, like, I didn't even know the kid's name. I didn't even know his name. Like, that's how far kind of like removed from wrestling I was. Like, I, you know, I just like, I just, you know, I was, like I said, I was doing, I was three sports in, in high school and just kind of like doing it for fun in the off season a little bit. And, um, you know, ever, like, I didn't even know what Fargo was. I, you <laughs> know, like, I was just like, I was just this like dumbass that just was like, did yeah, you even consider starting? 
Like, would you think like starting was an option for you at Penn State? Or are you just doing it? Like, what, like I guess, when was your turning point where you're like, I can actually win and like make something happen here? Yeah. When I, I think probably the middle or like towards the end of my, my second year in school, I kind of made, I made the decision. Okay. This is going to suck. No matter what I do, this is going to be really hard. And I think it's, and I just thought, you know, it's going to be harder if I don't accept it and just, you know, if I'm, if I'm constantly fighting it and kind of like down about it, it's going to suck way worse. And I know I'm not going to quit. I know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out. Why, you know, I'm, if I just give like 10% more, mm-hmm. I just thought I'm just going to try to win every sprint and win every, every match that we wrestle in the room, every situation that we wrestle in the room. I just like, I just kind of flipped the switch and was just like, okay, I'm going to see where this effort takes me. And when I remember, I remember consciously making that decision it was re- it was funny i remember being you know you know i think in in our little like wrestling house and just kind of like sitting back and be like just kind of like licking my wounds from the day and just being like i'm not gonna i can't continue like this you know i need something has to happen either i either i convince myself to give up or i just start really busting my ass and accept this you know this position as college wrestler and try to try to be the best so man i i and i i I think part of that part of the reason why i made that decision is like this you know summer was coming up and i was kind of making the decision of like do i stay do i stay here and just continue to train while everybody you know everybody goes home and relaxes for the summer or whatever and that's that became kind of my mantra and every, every summer I improved so much like guys would come, you know, guys come back towards the end of the summer for camps and things like that. And we, you know, coaches would be putting us through whatever training afterwards. And I'd just be like, like, I could see people's guys faces being like, Oh, like somebody's, somebody's been getting better. Like what's going on? You know, like, why is it so hard to take this guy down now, you know, or whatever, like, why is it taking it to me? And, um, like, so I just, it was, it was easy. I mean, I, making that decision was difficult, but it was as soon as, as soon as I made the decision, I started seeing results right away. And it just kind of like, I built that momentum and built that confidence. And then it started immediately paying off, you know, in, in those open tournaments or, you know, whatever the early, early college, early season stuff. Um, and then, I think I had, I had my first match at Penn State, and I remember just at Rec Hall. I didn't, at Rec Hall, and I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't feel nervous, but man, it, my nervousness showed. Like I was, like you know, when you just get tired for no reason and you don't know why, <clears throat> and I was just like, what is happening? I'm in, I'm in way better shape than this guy. You know, and I was wrestling a pretty good guy. I think it was against Clarion or something like that. I was wrestling, forget the guy's name, but he was he was pretty good. And um, but I just, you know, I kept it close, but I ended up losing. But I just I was like hyperventilating and like wheezing at the end. I'm just like, what is happening? Like, I'm in better shape than this, you know, and I, like it made me feel so weird because I was like, I've trained so hard, I've trained all through the summertime, 
all through the preseason like i've been going hard and trying like my best and how am i how am i like having an asthma attack right now you know and it was just it was just nerves you know it was like i'm sure everyone's experienced that at some point you know oh, it's just like you get you get to that a little bigger stage and you're just like oh god but um so when you made yeah. that decision would you say it was one it's it's an effort thing and then like after that how often were you working out and like were you wrestling with like a coach every day like what was your routine my i mean especially in the summertime i knew you know like the coaches knew that i was there to train all the time and they would you know i would i'd be like hey i'm available like let's let's go and they they loved it and so i yeah i mean i was i was training all the time and dave hart was our one of our assistants and man he <clears throat> i think a lot of guys that went to you know penn state at that time like that guy instilled something in a little in everybody you know he was just like how do you mean he's just a hardcore guy like he he would describe it as being a maniac you know he'd be like you're you gotta be a maniac you just need to show everybody that you're a maniac you know and just like i mean he would push us really hard but it, the stuff he was doing in the room, like he's do, he's probably was in his late thirties at the time, or you know, mid late thirties, and just like smashing everybody, everybody in the room, just like and just like putting a pace on that ever, like nobody wanted to, like if we're pairing up guys in the in the room and nobody's left and he jumps in, like you're just like, oh. God. an old guy you know, to like go with was, college wrestlers oh dude he was a yeah i think he's still doing it <laughs> honestly like it's good my my oldest so my older brother and he coaches he coaches at um <clears throat> state college high which is you know the penn state's high school mm -hmm. and he's you know he's like always hanging out with dave hart <laughs> and like i'm like is he still getting in the wrestling he's like oh yeah like he'll beat it he'll just like beat up all the freshmen i'm like no way yeah <laughs> like how like it's so awesome so he's he was just, a big influence I mean, on he, you every, he, yeah and he and he was kind of you know he was like the like an upper kind of like the upper weight coach wow. but yeah he was he was a big influence on me and um i mean he i think he saw he saw what i was doing and what i was you know he saw me make that switch and i kind of became his project a little bit and um I think that's that's all you really need to show, you know. It's just like, hey, I'm willing to do what it takes to mm -hmm. to do this. And I think it. I mean, yeah, I made. I remember making that decision, but I also like I had to hit these little these little milestones to kind of keep that momentum rolling. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if I if I wouldn't have, you know. It, it, I, I was fortunate, I guess I, I should say, like, I think, you know, there was like guys, guys got hurt, you know, other heavyweight guys would get hurt or they'd get suspended from the team or, you know, whatever that were clearly better than me. And I, I just kind of like got an op like, I would just like take an opportunity like, Oh, okay. I'm going to, st I'm starting this year, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever it was, it was kind of like happenstance or it was just like, we just didn't have a, a really, a, a good, heavyweight recruiting class that year you know or whatever and i just mm -hmm. like i just i got I, I just matched the opportunity with just you know the that kind of 
intensity and willingness to do whatever it takes to to be good isn't it crazy it's uh, just a mindset shifts a lot of times that's all it is like nothing physical change with you no no not at all i mean yeah like i like i said it was probably like a 10 percent increase in like and i mean obviously my my mental attitude towards it you know i i stopped kind of like being like oh practice time you know or whatever like oh 6 a.m training it was more like okay like what how am i gonna you know like who am i gonna be today or what you know like what what little goal am i gonna achieve or how how and just like you, you just build on that mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty no, it's pretty fun it's exciting to see or to hear you talk about it because in your case in a short order things were coming together i mean when was the first time you beat Rollins in a match and how, how big of an impact on that was you? Oh man, that was wild. <laughs> it was, we were, we were juniors. So we had, you know, it was like kind of our, yeah, ju- junior year, um, like registered junior year. And uh, um, he was, they came, they came to Penn State for a dual meet. And was that I think Paul? at this point, at rec hall Um, at this point i you know i i had lost you know obviously many many times to him but i was just you know it was like this was the like the peak of like my comp you know i was just like feeling confident i was beating other good guys and i was like starting to get starting to get ranked in the top 10 and it was just like i mean that that was a whole nother thing i i worked a ton with the sports psychologist to kind of like just get me to the point where I was okay with, you know, like I, I didn't think about I'm this kid that never won States or never, you know, like that just walked onto the team. Like it was like, I kind of had to like give myself permission to, to achieve what I, what I wanted to, um, you know, it was like, it was a weird mental block almost, but um, you know, I'm building momentum. I'm beating good guys. I'm getting ranked and feeling good about it. And I think the last time we wrestled, I had kind of closed the gap, you know, it was like he beat me by, maybe he was beating me by four points, you know, or six, something, somewhere in there, you know, like that Mm -hmm. I had gone from almost being teched to losing by 10 points to losing by, you know, just this barely a major and then just kind of like slowly chipping away at it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I would just happen to be on that night, you know, and maybe, maybe he was having an off night, you know, you never know. I don't know. I don't right. know. How did the match go though? Did you take him down or was it a, was it a high oh, scoring affair or what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, we were, we were, it was a high, it was a high score, especially for heavyweight match. It was a high scoring match. I hit him with an inside trip, which was like my, what? like became my kind of bread and butter, but he was like, he was a big underhook guy. So I would just kind of like, in my head, I was like, he's going to dig this underhook in on the wrong side one time. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit him with it. And, yeah. and um, I think it, sh- it shocked him, you know, it shocked him a little bit. And then by the end, and I just, the pace was so high. Um, by the end of the match, I like, I locked up a cradle and like put him on his back. <laughs> and, I mean, I was already, at this point, I was already winning. Like I was kind of like, you break I was up? like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe, but I, I just remember, like, just feeling unstoppable and just like 
putting him on his back. Like it was kind of like the closing seconds of the, of the match, you know, putting him on his back. And I would tell, I, to, I started telling all everybody like, yeah, I could have pinned him, but I just, I, I held him off. I held him off his back just because I wanted to show him. You know, I just wanted to show him that I, that it wasn't like, I didn't want him to, to build it in his head that it was a fluke. Like he just got stuck, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Man. But, but from that point on, it was just like, it was a real rivalry and it was, it was cool. It was really cool. And I, I mean, I've seen, it's funny. Cause like, you know, we'd see each other. I wrestled, you know, after college for like in the international circuit for five or six years and we'd see each other all the time. And his dad, I'll never forget how much of an, of an awesome guy his dad was. His dad would always be like, hey, great match. You know, like, we just came done wrestling his son. He'd be like, hey, great match. Like, I think he he saw it, you know, way before I did. But, like, we were making each other better, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, to, I, to this day, am like, you know, I've, I think I saw him. I was at the U.S. Open a couple of years back and I saw him. I met a couple of his kids, you know, and I talked to his kids and I, you know, he was he was like. I forget his son's name, but he was like, you know, hey, son, like this is uh, this is this is Pat. He's was one of my, you know, one of the guys I used to wrestle with in college. And um, you remember what grandpa always says, because his son is like really good, really good wrestler, you know, really? he's just kind of like he's like like so much above everybody else he's like remember what grandpa always says there's always somebody that is targeting you some there's always a target on your back and that guy there's always that guy that's working hard and you know and just like he, he wants he wants it more than you do you can't forget that you know and i'm like wow you know they, i'm like oh man that's so it's so cool that i had you know that like this our rivalry like had this impact and now it's getting passed on to his kids it's really cool that is and cool. I, you know, and I, I remember like talking to his son saying, listen, you know, I know, I know this is your dad and he doesn't seem like it, but your dad's, your dad made me the man I am, you know, I'm like, we pushed each other so hard and we were, you know, like we were enemies, but man, I, I can't thank him enough. you know, like I, I, he's, he's the best thing that ever happened to me, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was That's cool. so cool was- because you know, like you, you think of a Tommy Rollins, like that's blue blood of wrestling right there. Like, yeah, been yeah. killing people since he was probably eight years old. I'm sure his kids <laughs> yeah. been killing people since he was yeah. eight years old. Just yeah. an ath- athletic, just men. And uh, and then, yeah, it's cool because someone like you, you know, uh, coming up on the come up, kind of like the Rocky scenario. Now, we're <laughs> we're also forgetting this is the era of the heavyweights, right? You got John Lockhart, you got Leon's Crump, but you also got the great steve mako are you getting your hands on the bear at all or no oh yeah oh yeah yeah, because he was out a year he had a red shirt year like he had a couple years where he was kind of it was i don't remember exactly how it all played out but yeah 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 how would you compare wrestle and mako versus rollins um mako just felt like a like a big brick you know what i mean but like i mean obviously he was technical and good and you know quick when he needed to be quick but it was different it was very very different he just he was like i don't know it was like somebody that you you knew you you didn't go at the head on 
you know <laughs> but but you know like Rollins was just like i mean it was like dyna- it was just like a cr- like a scramble match you know like we're gonna we're getting after it like we're always gonna be scoring high and you know mm-hmm. taking chances and that kind of thing but yeah with mako mako was different it was it was like wrestling a block like he was just like he's hard to move hard to yeah, everything everything yeah but but also, <laughs> his but kid's funny, killing like, it now too oh yeah yeah i Have know you seen that I his kid that. just like is like freakishly good it was not surprising to anyone but i know and i i i trained in florida for a while you know when he's when he started a couple of years after he started the club, his little club down there um and i ended you know i ended up like having dinner at his house with his wife and his kids you know like meeting oh, my kids cool. like it was cool. And we, we trained a lot together. He was, he did a little stint in MMA and we trained a lot together and it was, it was fun. I was just like, wow. You know, it's, it's so weird. You think of these guys as like, these are your enemies. These are like, I I'll do anything to beat this guy, you know? <laughs> and like you develop like a hate for him a little bit. And, um, and then, then you realize at some, at a certain point you realize, Oh man, these guys are all cool as hell. And then like, you know what I mean? Like they're they're exactly the same as you. It's just mm-hmm. you, you just got put up against each other. And so like once you drop once we dropped all that, it was it was cool. I was like, man, damn, Steve Mako, like you're awesome. Like it's so Mako funny. Is, with you. Those <laughs> yeah. Iowa guys, it's it's more of a revelation because like Roland's like, yeah, cool ass dude, but kind of always figured he'd be cool. But you meet someone like Mako, where like you were actually like as a kid oh. really scared of him. You're like <laughs> This dude is like, he's a goofball, you know? And yeah. uh, oh, yeah. same thing awesome. with like Mike Zadick and Metcalf. Those guys, I had them on the podcast. And then afterwards, they're like, man, those guys were awesome. Like, maybe I should stop thinking everyone's such a nut, you know? <laughs> I know, yeah. Like, I should, I should stop this whole like Iowa hate thing. Like, right. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and back in your era, Midlands was strong, all-star meet, yeah. Big Ten. So, you know. You mentioned you beat uh, Rollins your junior year. You go on and get an All American medal at the at the Nationals. Take fourth senior year. You beat Rollins again at Rec Hall. Lose them at the All Star meet. But then you guys meet up in the NCAA finals. You know, you talked about sports psychologists kind of helping you out. Where are you at? Like the ten minutes before that match in the tunnel, mentally. Well, that's. I mean, that was a little different story. Um, what we happened actually, then? We wrestled. I lost to him at, at big the Big Ten finals like a couple weeks before that too. Close or not close? Um, it was very close. I ended up I ended up getting a takedown and and getting the lead and decided there was like forty seconds left or you know like something like some short time left. I decided to cut him and and go for a takedown because I was like thinking about all right. I'm gonna mentally break him because I'm gonna I'm just gonna show him that I can do whatever I want and this is gonna this is going to bleed into, you know, mm-hmm. NCAAs. And I ended up not getting a takedown. So it was like, it really backfired. <laughs> oh, wow. You were feeling yeah, really yeah. good. <laughs> I was like, ah! Um, so you could have won that one, though. Easy, right? I mean, you were winning. I mean, not easy, I, but yeah. you could have I mean, won. Yeah, I would have had, had to hang on for, you know, 30, 30 40 mm-hmm. seconds, which I, yeah, I probably could have. And uh, then NCAAs, um, you were sick, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, that's what, it was big, it was a big, uh, there was no real sports psychology, you know, like, all that stuff went out the window, <laughs> you know, like, everything. I, I, I think I woke up that morning, the morning of weigh-ins, at, like, 3 a.m., and just kind of had this, like, oh, 
I'm oh, like something's wrong, you know. I'm just like running to the bathroom, puking and like out of both ends, you know, just like <laughs> oh, and just like I was like, oh no, you know. I like call the trainer and I'm like, hey, like I, you know, I'm just like stuffing emodiums in my mouth and trying to nothing nothing worked i would like and i to the point where you know i'm getting ready for my first couple matches and just warming like i'd warm up you know i'd start like kind of bouncing around and and starting to try to get hot and i'd start puking and i was just like okay i'm just gonna like i mean i i guess i did kind of like sit back and kind of just mentally assess it and just be like okay you're fine you know and kind of like talk myself through through how i was gonna approach the match and just mm -hmm. you know i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna slow the you know the pace is gonna be slow but i'm gonna start you know like i'll get takedowns towards the end of the first period and just kind of hand fight get myself warm and i mean luckily i was able to hold in <laughs> you know everything that was going on and I mean, I slowly eked out wins. It was it was a rough showing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I I think I had a couple of moments where I just was like, you know, it just seemed. It, I think to me, it just seemed like I was doing superhuman things, you know, like just like getting in these positions and just needing a takedown, needing whatever it was, and just kind of you know, like just like summoning it from somewhere, you know, <laughs> and just mm -hmm. like getting strong and just like getting that. You know, because I had this, I just had this goal. I've had this goal for the past four four years, you know, of just like, I want to win this tournament. And um, it just felt like nothing was going to stop me. You know, I just, I kind of built momentum each each match, you know, where I was like, man, I felt like crap, but I, you know, I got it done. And, you know, I had these, these I think my semis match was very close and um but eked it out and i think i couldn't even you know i remember like i couldn't even really celebrate like i just i was just because i was i was bummed you know i was just like i'm better than this and this is like the time i need to i really need to show it and this is like uh you know and like, i remember my coach you know like i got came off the mat got my hand raised and my coach is like you know like wait to the fans what are you doing you know <laughs> and i'm just like yeah like try not to puke guys thanks for the support you know? <laughs> and um and but but at that you know but then i was like okay i have you know there's that long break from when you when you win the semis you sit that whole night and then you know like the whole rest of the day there's that long mm -hmm. you know wrestle back kind of situation happening and you you know you you wait till the next night so i was like okay you know and i just kind of like slowly kind of started with self-talk and was just like, okay, I got this, you know, like, you know, I'm just kind of like, I got plenty of time to rest. I can feel better by the time this match rolls around. And, um, man, I just did not. <laughs> and I was, you know, like, I remember being in the tunnel and just kind of like, again, like not real warm. And, um, one of my, one of my coaches, one of my, um, I mean, he wasn't actually my coach, but one of my mentors, Kerry McCoy, you know, was came and said something to me, you know, beforehand. He's like, hey, you know, this is this is your time, you know, like blah, blah. But and and everybody was kind of offering me support and whatever. But I just 
I think what I really needed was like a game plan. And I think everyone was afraid to give me one because they just didn't, they didn't know what I was capable of. And they just, I mean, it, it's, it was tough. And I, I feel like I came in, I went into that match with the wrong game plan, but I think no matter what, it would have been the wrong game plan. You know, like I was just, I was not myself and I was just, I was hurting. But my my game plan was, okay, I'm going to get an early lead and I'm just going to, like, I'm just going to go out hard and see mm-hmm. what happens, you know? <laughs> and I probably should have just stalled my ass off and tried to eke out a takedown at the end or, you know, something. But I just got eaten up and I just, it was, oh, it was, it was really discouraging, you know? Because you, I think for whatever reason, everyone puts that, so much emphasis on that tournament and that time and you know i think a lot of people a lot of people are made and broke in in that tournament and uh like it it, for some guys it haunts them you know like it's they just never have a good tournament they're they're always ranked high going into it and they're just you know there's some mental block involved in it um so i don't know i it was it bugged me for a long time, really, you know, because I just thought, you know, I, I I remember my coach telling me, hey, if if this is the guy you need to beat to be, in a, be an NCAA champ. And I beat him, you know what I mean? Like, I beat him. I just didn't beat him at the right time. And it just like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it just like. How long did it eat at you for? Oh, man, a long time. Longer than it should have. Definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of what pushed me. I think if if I had been, uh, you know, if I had won that match, I think I probably would have just like called it quits with wrestling, been very happy with where I was. And, you know, I think losing that match kind of like sparked me to continue, continue my journey. And, you know, like, OK, I'm going to go. I'm going to give a shot try to make the Olympic team going to train for the next four years and, you know, see what happened. And just, I don't know. I think I, I lost momentum over that time a little bit, you know, it's like, it's a lot of wrestling to do. It's a lot. And it's a, at that next level back then, that was the doldrums of international wrestling. Like it was weird rules. Like there was like, yeah, it was was a tough time for us during that time. It's funny you say that. I mean, I feel like people, people don't really, like people don't understand. I was just like, man, I hated the international rules. It didn't make any sense. They, so they changed it to win two out of three periods, yeah. you know, two minute periods, and like Ball the push grab. out became the push out became something. You know, it was like what there was a, a takedown was a point and a push out was a point. And I'm wrestling heavyweight. I'm undersized, and I'm just like, man, I'm getting in these sumo matches, and I, of course, I'm not gonna win. Like I don't. I can't hold my ground against these big guys. They're just pushing me out of bounds. Like this, like I hated it so much. And I just, yeah, I really lost steam. And um, I think, I think it was like the next, maybe the next year, year or so after that, they kind of, they started changing things. Yeah. I just, just, I missed that. I missed that window. (laughs) We just did a documentary on um, Henry Cejudo, you know, the wrestling part of his career and it capped off with the winner in 08. But, you know, as part of that, we went back and looked at 07, you know, Henry's first time at the worlds, no one medaled except DC and he got a bronze. And you compare that to what we did at the worlds this year. 
these guys are like killing yeah. people, you know, and it's, yeah. it's definitely a, a surge in talent. The rules are awesome. Now the rules back then sucked, but I think even then it was just, it was a weird time. I don't know how to describe it. You know I mean? We had like one yeah. medal out of like two worlds combined sometimes, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. it, and then you, and then after that, I just want to wind down real quick with, um, you get into MMA and you know, being on the senior level for five years, you're going to come in with the level of skill. Um, but I just thought it was a cool story. The first time you fought DC, how that all came about at the coffee shop. That was freaking yeah, nuts. Yeah. Uh, can you share that? Great. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you bring up DC. Cause it was like, you know, in, in wrestling. Cause I was like, I always, I mean, we trained at the, at the OTC together all the time. And you know, like we just, we, everybody knew each other. Yeah. And, uh, no one and, was famous, Harry, right? <laughs> What's that? No one was famous yet, right? Like he's no, not like this no. big guy. It's just a <laughs> no. And it's fine. And I remember, I, I guess a couple of years before that, we ever we did real pro wrestling. Do you remember yeah, this? I do remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah, because <laughs> Joe Williams was my guy, and he was in it. And they did like, and then Tony Davis yeah. was in it too. And they did like little backgrounds on it. But that was like right when I was like middle school, high school, thick into it. And real pro wrestling yeah. was. I remember that. No shirts. The the yeah, mat was on yeah. like a like a platform you know it yeah. was weird oh, yeah. <laughs> did you it do that oh yeah you did okay okay i won i won uh i won the heavyweight let's go we had to wear we had to wear singlets though i was so pissed because i was like man i'm the i'm like the only heavyweight that like looks good with a shirt off like let us do it come on right you know? right like, right like, <laughs> they're like nah the heavyweights we're gonna put you guys in singlets I'm like what the hell <laughs> but yeah that's um, funny. But, it, but did you cut down that, to like, like that weight though for the freestyle or did you stay heavy? I stayed at heavy and then I kind of like, I got fed up with the rules and then I, I came back maybe a year. So I was working, I was working with um, Zach Ray at Lehigh um, for a few years and they're like, you know, I just, I kind of lost all that. I was, I had to, <clears throat> I had to push to, to keep my weight up. Like I was eating a lot. And um, you know, when I stopped, I just kind of like, dropped down to my normal like 220 225 range and um without without trying without consciously thinking about it i just was like i'm so glad i don't have to eat like it's my job anymore it was an effort and, for you to stay up at heavy oh it was awful like people don't everyone would always give me give me crap about it you know it's like oh yeah okay we're all cutting our balls off and you just get to sit there and eat and i was like i hate eating i don't want to do it like <laughs> imagine never being hungry or just like you're just always being full oh, and like, that is a horrible go, feeling yeah like go through a college practice like on a full stomach every single day <laughs> like it sucked <laughs> yeah, this just sucked but um but so, yeah i mean it, you think about ahead. all those all those guys all those guys from real pro wrestling like all of a sudden it's like mo wall and dc and like you know all these guys and joe warren like, you know like all these guys just like eventually made their way to mma and it kind of made it made an impact um but yeah i i so i i remember D, you know i remember dc dc was like probably very you know he's like one of carrie mccoy's best friends and i was you know i was carrie's training partner for 2004 olympics and so you know so i've been around these guys so much and i just like dc just kind of always would treat anybody like you know, he would treat me like a little brother kind of thing. And I, you know, I just like, I was like, this guy's such an asshole. Like I can't stand him, you know? And I was just like, ugh, 
And I just remember him being so, so good and, but just kind of like not working as hard as me, you know what I mean? And I just kind of like, it irked me a little bit, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously dude's just has talent coming out of his pores, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, but I just, you know, I kind of like made this switch and I've been struggling, struggling for real big management team, kind of like backing you and, and, um, you know, getting you fights, man, it's hard. It's really hard. Everyone just, everyone will Google your name and do a little reset, you know? And like, like, it was just like so hard to find fights. I think I, I managed to get four and I think a couple of those, like I had to forfeit my purse to the guy, you know, I was like, you can take all the money. Just fight me, what? you know, like, why? Well, because oh, yeah. of the wrestling and all that. No one would want to do it, huh? Yeah. Everybody's just like, nah, I'm good. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, you know, because at, at that time, I think it was, I mean, I'm probably still the case, but everybody, the UFC wanted to see a guy that was 10 and 0, had some good finishes, and then they'd, you know, they'd get their ticket in. Um, so no one's willing to take, take that tough, you know, like that tough, like wrestling grind fight because it's not going to be exciting, they think. And, or they're just not going to win. Right. So, yeah, I'd been like sitting around. You know, I was staying at my manager's place. And um, I, at this time, I just got it. Like I'd burned through like I all my savings, everything I ever made. And I'm just like trying, you know, like trying to trying to make it. And um, I was like. I think I need to get a job, you know, my manager was very against it. I'm just like, dude, I have no, I have nothing. Like I can't live. Like I can't live like this. I'm st- I'm crashing at your place already. I can't offer anything to you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm like this is bad. So I, I got a job. I it started at three 30 in the morning. I was like, open the coffee shop and like, did, I think I like did all the baking, like prepared all the baked goods for, for the shop and then just like i worked until like nine or nine thirty, and then i'd get to training at 10 mm-hmm. and i don't know what it made, made me think that like i could sustain this <laughs> it was awful because <laughs> i'd like you know I'd, I'd, I'd train twice i'd try to nap in between and then i'd try to go to bed by like eight o'clock but it was i mean it's impossible to do that you know mm-hmm. and then i'd be up at three again and Ooh. it was just it was rough sounds and cool. i just I just remember thinking like, okay, I think it's time that I kind of put this dream to bed. I like, I have a college degree. I can get a normal job. Like I, things can be like, it doesn't have to be like this. You know, I think I caught the reflect, like I I would work at the drive-in, like the coffee shop had like a drive-in window. And I would like, I remember once catching my reflection in somebody's car window and just, you know, I had this little apron on and I was just like, this is my life. Like, come on, you know, and just think it like that kind of made me feel like, all right, I think it's time to say goodbye to this dream. You know, it's like I can move. I can do something else. Mm-hmm. And w- within I think like within a week's time of of having that thought, this whole this whole this whole first UFC fight happened. 
and um but it was i mean a week is a long time you know it's just like just kept putting one foot in front of the other and just like refused to quit you know even though i told myself this is i'm done doing this mm-hmm. i shouldn't be doing this this is silly and um one night one night before i go to bed at like super early in the morning at night you know my my manager's like, oh, man, you see uh, Rashad got hurt against DC and they pulled out of this fight. And I was like, oh, you know, and see, I was like, oh, that's that's crazy. You know, like what happened? I think he tore his ACL or something. And um, he was like, what? Uh, would you ever fight DC? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've trained with the guy a ton. Like, yeah, I think I could beat him because like I just... I know he just, he does not work as hard as I do. And I, you know, and like, that was kind of my mindset going into it. And um, my manager was funny because he was just kind of like, he was secretly planting this like whole situation. <laughs> and he's like, well, you should send it. You should just put a tweet out there. And I'm like, dude, I have 200 Twitter followers. Like, that's not going to do it. You know? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'll just do it. Like, he kind of like forced me to put it to me. I'm like, yeah, I'd take that fight. You know, nobody wants to take this fight. I'd take it. And um, so me, like I go to sleep. Meanwhile, he like gets this like brainstorm going. He's like, all right. He's like, you know, friends with Ariel Hawani and like, which I was too. And like, you know, like all these different media outlets and just like, and I told him kind of the story of, of us um, training. DC was, uh, like, he was getting ready for the world championships, and we would always do simulation matches. They, they put us together for one of them, and it was like, you know, put singlet on, and it was just, it was, it was like a, you know, exactly like a tournament style. They'd have, they'd have a match every 30 minutes or 40 minutes or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was. And um, they paired us together for one. And um, we just, we had this, we had this funny match where we were just like no scoring was really happening. We were just kind of like, but you know, like getting into it and it, we were going hard and we were just like, you know, starting, like starting to club each other hard and, and no takedowns, nothing. And I think at this time it was like three minute period, 32nd break, three minute period. And um, no score in the first period, the, and then, and then I think you go to like a clinch or something like that. If there's no score in the first period, then you go, you start in a clinch, the, the second period, something like that. And um, I, I don't remember exactly how, but anyway, he was, he was just getting frustrated, you know, and like anybody, anybody would, you know, and it's like pressure's on you. You're just, you know, you're trying to get ready. You're going through this training. I'm just kind of like there as, you know, training you got nothing to lose bro you got all nothing to lose i'm nothing to lose and i'm just like i'm just staying in his face and just whatever and at one point he just like he just kind of like loses it like like calls me a couple times hard and starts like digging like digging in underhooks and i just like and like tossed him like real like for five like bad (laughs) And, and like and there's you know there's like 30 seconds left in the match and takes him forever to kind of like collect himself and get back and like come back to the center and then like you know whistle blows fly up again i hear him like sniffling and like in my ear and i'm like oh my god he's crying right now you know and i i kind of it made me feel bad you know because i'm like 
I know the pressure of getting ready for like, I mean, I don't know the pressure of getting ready for the world championships, but I know the pressure of getting ready for, you know, a big tournament and man, you get frustrated and things suck and, you know, whatever. And, you know, I told my manager this story and he was like, okay. And he, so he started sending, you know, t- calling up all these, all the media guys telling the story. And, you know, it, then it became like, Hey, if you want to get this fight, like you've got to, you gotta play this play this thing up where like you made dc cry you know i'm like uh and like i don't know i mean you don't know me that well but it was just like i was like "Ah, this uh, this is like real cringy like i don't think i want to do that you know but but i mean that was that came later on but anyway i'm like at the coffee shop the next morning super early i feel my phone kind of like buzzing in my pocket a little more than usual um but i'm like i'm busy you know serving coffee and making croissants and whatever you know and uh yeah. and my manager busts into the bus into the coffee shop and just like starts kind of ranting like incoherently and he's in his pajamas like he's in his sweats and like you know he just looked ridiculous like he just rolled out of bed and he's like ah like he probably tried to call me a bunch of times and you're shocked to see him at your work and i'm like what are you doing here and like nobody you know like my boss at the coffee shop had no idea who this guy was and kicked him out like we're like sir like stop bothering our employees like you have to leave you know so he's just like gets frustrated turns around and walks out and i'm working at the window he walks around to the window and is yelling at me like over top of a car you know like like giving coffee to a car <laughs> he starts yelling at me do you want to, do you want this fight or not what is wrong with you? Pick up your phone. You know, I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking. You know, like I think he thought I was like following this whole like explosion that was happening. I had no idea. You know, I've been at the coffee oh, wow. shop for the past like five hours, <laughs> and I'm like, I turn to my boss. I'm like, hey, like I got, I, I gotta go talk to this guy. I don't know what's happening, but it must be important. He's not crazy. And she's just like, okay, you know, just clock out. You're done. You know, and I'm like, okay, like, did I get fired just now? You know, like, I don't know. So I like got back and me, and you know, like he doesn't say anything and just hands me the phone. And I'm like, okay. You're like, yeah, it's Dana White. <laughs> He's like, Hey, like, is all this stuff true? All like the story I I hear true of you guys, you know, you in DC and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I think if it's you know, I think I don't know what story you heard, but yeah, probably. And um he's like, Are you willing to are you willing to roll with it? Are you willing to like really play this up and whatever? And I'm like, I guess, you know, like what for what? You know, and he's like, I'm gonna give you this fight. If you know, and I was like, Yeah. I'm 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 willing to do whatever it takes. Like, let's I'll go. kill someone for this fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm in the worst place possible. Yes, like what you tell me what I need to do, I'm doing it. I mean, literally a day before, if someone would have said, "Hey, you're about to get a fight with DC in the UFC main event," what would you have said? It's like, oh, I mean, impossible. like, uh-huh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think at that point, it was seven or eight days until the fight. And was it a main that, event? It was a co-main. Yeah. Yeah, and the UFC, and you had never had a UFC fight yet. You're on the no, come up. No, it was it, it was like totally unheard. It was ridiculous, and so God. that that 
that day, I mean, obviously that day I was up at three at the coffee shop. We skipped, I think, I don't know if we, we may have went to training. I can't remember, but a car came down, picked us up, took us to Fox studios. And I was live on like, you know, Fox, whatever it was. It was like the fight, whatever, whatever show they did on the, mm-hmm. in the evenings. Talk, I was like live talking trash to DC, like via Skype or whatever, you know, whatever. And I was just like, <laughs> and, and we like in the car, in the car ride on the way up, we were like, my manager's like, okay, let's rehearse our shit talking, you know? And I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, these are your points, you know? And we're just like going through it all. That's so and, funny. Um, I'm just like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this, you know? Like this is so weird. But I'm like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So yeah, let's go. And um yeah. epic, dude. It and was, I, it was the, wild. The fight didn't go your way, but it opened the door to get in the UFC and you had a whole yeah. UFC career based on that. Like that's the cool part about it to me. Is like the you have like was it guaranteed that the UFC would let you stay in and fight after that? Or was it kind of like after you lost that fight? Were you thinking, I don't know what's going to happen next? Or they said, hey, you're going to have like four or five fights. No, I mean, they signed me to a contract, but I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. They can end it whenever they want. Um, right. I mean, I I guess I wasn't thinking of that at the time. But, you know, like, yeah, obviously, after the loss, I was kind of like, oh, man. I knew I, knew I kind of did them a solid. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I kind of resurrected the card a little bit, got some interest in the card. So I knew... I knew I'd be okay. They'd give me at least one more. But that next fight, I was very, I was like, yeah, I was like, I got to win this fight, you know? And um, it was, it was good. It was good to kind of have that little pressure on you and kind of get, get the ball rolling. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think what kept me, I mean, I was in the UFC for five years, I think. And what kept me, what kept me going it's like I just I know that a rematch, like if I worked my if I worked my way up to contender and got a rematch, like I could get a rematch, like that would that would sell, you know? And like that was my that was like my goal the whole time. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, if I if I can I just gotta I just gotta get back in there. I know I know I can I know I can win this fight or I know I can just I can make that happen. And I just I had a couple close fights lost some some fights i was winning to some good guys and it never you know it just kind of like set you back it sets you back a little it's different than wrestling well after that dc loss you had three in a row then you lost to i think it was osp but you gotta think if you win that you're going like real close to that next step so it's like it's tough man it's like but it's an amazing story that after penn state you didn't you were wrestling for five years and then you go into ufc you or you go into mma you're not gonna make it they give you a shot and then boom you you made something out of it it's like just your story is like one of the craziest ones i've ever heard man it's, it's awesome. so weird it's, it's awesome. so weird and yeah. and you know like people i i tell people like yeah i had my very first mma fight when i was 30 years old and everybody's like huh you know now there's kids that are like taking taking mma fights and they're 16 years old <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, yeah. And, and I, I don't think, know how many college wrestlers there are now who've never heard of Fargo. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Like, what is Crazy. wrong with me? Man, it's amazing though, man. You, you, and I think you're, you're such a humble guy that you're, you're glazing over like everything you read about you is like, 
you're super, super tough and crazy worker. And so like you put that together and obviously you're athletic. It's like, man, you can get a lot done with that. And I think it's the message I get from it is for someone listening. It's like, man, you have a little belief in yourself and you can just go, you know, change the mindset. You can really make things happen. Yeah, it's true. And that's, that's what makes wrestling one of the best sports there is, especially for kids growing up or whatever. Cause it, it, automatically translates you know like your hard work is gonna is gonna pay off really fast and it's just it has to be you have to have that um that that mental side of it too you know you have to really Mm -hmm. really believe it believe in it and believe in in the work that you're putting in and it it almost always pays off it's really cool it's a it's it's one of the best character building sports there is and not to mention it's the hardest sport there is it's so no like i teach her i teach a wrestling class for like a, it's like wrestling for jujitsu and mma you know and it's these guys that have never wrestled but it's funny because it's like i'm showing them how to do a penetration stuff. it's like stuff i would teach kids you know right right and um they're just, you know like we finally i just this past week we finally got to a point where it's like okay like i feel good we got our leg attacks. We got a few leg attacks. We got a few, you know some defense stuff. I'm like, all right, let's start doing some like live situations. And like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wrestling is hard. I'm like, yeah, it yeah. sucks. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing here. You guys are like grown men. Why are you Bro, trying to wrestle? It's so you get. It's funny you say that. One of my buddies, if you're listening, Michael, he's a he never wrestled his whole life. Taller guy goes into jujitsu been doing it just going at it i I tipping my hat to him it's like i'm unbelievable and he's like yeah we started doing single legs the other day and he's telling me about it and i'm like bro as like an older you know he's in his 20s like to be learning single legs in your 20s it's just funny to hear that but i guess everyone in jiu-jitsu goes through that yeah and it's, it's become jiu-jitsu has become such a wrestling dominant kind of like scene oh, yeah. now it's cool it's cool 100%. to watch well, brother, it's been so fun to talk with you, man. It's been we covered so much ground, and I'm so I glad know, right? Aaron put us in touch, man. But I wish you yeah. nothing but the best, and just want to say thank you for coming on the show. It's been fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I had a good time. I I didn't know what to expect, but this is this is cool. Awesome, yeah. appreciate it, Pat. Yeah. Have a good one, brother. Really, you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. If you enjoy the show, we want to hear from you. So leave us a review on Apple Podcast and subscribe to the show. If you want to watch video clips from this interview, go to our YouTube page, Wrestling Changed My Life. We'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!